A mighty feast of hot steaming music brought to you in stereo by bostonfreeradio.com. Boston Free Radio has no corporate agenda. We're independent media for the people. Your music, your voice, your station. What is good, y'all? It's your man, the indefinable Sterling Golden. This is The Chop Session, held down, as always, by 320 Entertainment. We thank y'all once again for locking in for our award-winning interview series here on Boston Free Radio. The Chop Session is 60 minutes of thought-provoking, intimate conversation with the names you need to know now. Now, family, in case you sleep on an episode of The Chop Session or you happen to lock in late for a premiere here on Boston Free Radio, say less. We got you. You can stream episodes from seasons one through five on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and other fine digital streaming platforms. This week here on The Chop Session, we have for y'all on the line one of the great long-standing talents of the Baltimore music community. Since the 2000s, this man has been doing it fabulous as a DJ, rapper, producer, and singer. Across the board, this man is a dope talent, and we have him on the line this evening on the Chop Session to discuss his great career to date. He is known professionally as Blackstar, and we have him this week on the Chop Session. Blackstar, happy Monday evening, sir. Welcome to the Chop Session. What's good? What's going on, Sterling Golden? Hey, Happy Monday evening, Blackstar. It's dope having you on the line this evening for our listeners. So much to discuss. You've had an amazing career journey thus far. Still more to come in the story of Blackstar. You know, but first, Absolutely. I want to I actually talk about one thing that is happening right here in the now, and that is this short film that you've brought to life. It's called Fanatic. Sounds like a situation we all got to get into, man. Tell us more about Fanatic. Uh, it was inspired by uh, a relative point. I feel like a lot of people who deal with like uh, relationships can relate to. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <clears throat> it's real simple. I give a little bit. It was about a guy. He went in to talk to a psychiatrist on a day off. So they almost in there just having like a um. A therapy session about something that he recently went to with his lover, and it flashed back to the incident throughout the film. Uh, some of the drama points and all that. Um, I'm pretty impressed with how fast I was able to, uh, you know, push forward with the film and um, complete it. And is 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 a a genius work of art, to say the least about it. You know. I do. And when can we expect to see Fanatic out there? Fanatic drops on my birthday, September 30th. Nice. So, and a, pretty shortly, Good I'll have shit. it available in theaters. I'm, I'm, I'm actually tour with it. Like, so I'll, I'll, I'll do it like a DJ slash uh, film tour, you know? That's dope, man. So the film, the film not only will be merch, but it'll be the, 
the product that I'm pushing and touring, you know, doing a short run tour on. You know, y'all, if you want to gift Blackstar some birthday love, that's the way to do it. Pull up and see Fanatic, September 30th on the man. Link in bio. Link in the bio, as they say, you know, on Instagram. And certainly it's a dope situation because this coming Friday, in fact, this is being heard on the 26th. So this coming Friday is Blackstar's birthday. So get ready, y'all. Fanatic is about to drop on your movie screens. Link in the bio for that situation. Now, you mentioned DJing as part of that answer. So it's a great segue to something that I wanted to ask about for a long time, Blackstar. You know, Blackstar, I want to throw it back, actually, right about now to a vinyl that I found in the crates years back, and that is your Unruly Records vinyl as DJ Blackstar from 2006, as the label said. Yeah. When you think of Baltimore club music, you think Unruly. Now, Blackstar, to start things off, I would love to get your recollections behind that record. I remember that record. That that record was very dear to me because that was the first <clears throat> one that I actually, um, you know, partnered with uh, Unruly and we put out. And I was actually, you know, going up to the office like every three weeks and probably picking up a check from the sales type thing. Yeah, so that brings back a lot of memories. Yeah. It's a dope the record, Unruly man. Headquarters. Yeah, man. You know, it really brings you into that Baltimore club vibe of that era. You know, I found this years after I first discovered who Blackstar was up here in the Boston area. And I'll tell you, man, from everything I've learned about the whole Baltimore club and music scene from that time, really is giving that Baltimore vibe. You know, it takes you into the clubs, takes you into the heart of the city and the music of the city. And, it's only Black Star can do, really, man. You know, so I, I would love for you actually to uh, tell us about the Baltimore club and music scene from your recollection of the two thousands. I was I was just about to ask you about the the Boston dance scene, but um, my recollection of the early two thousands. Hmm, let's see, so early two thousand, we talking like two thousand one ish through like two thousand six. About that, yeah. Okay, let's see, let's see. Okay, so around then, I'd say club music was, like, one of the most, like, influential sounds in the city at the time. Like, it was prominent on the radio every day. K-Swift, she played it religiously, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, nobody played Baltimore club music on the radio or at a gig like K Swift, like you know what I'm saying? Um it was almost like she played it with like a like a like a thing she just had to get off her chest or something. Like she was just she, it was a religion to her. Like she played it religiously, especially my tracks, you know? And that's what gave me my name. I think just the <clears throat> the way she trusted my expertise at the time. It it gave me more motivation to keep going. Like I remember when I gave her my first two tracks, and she uh she played them like she she just played it with without even listening to it. Like you know what I'm saying. Um, and everything I gave her, she just like religiously played. 
with no hesitation. It was almost divine. Definitely. You know, I mean, I wish, hey, I wish I could say that I could have experienced the Baltimore club vibe in person from that era. You were going to ask me actually about the Boston and New England uh, club scene. Yeah, how, how was it? How how was the uh, dancing there? Like, are they are they into Baltimore club? Have you there? Oh, MG man, I'll tell you. You know, I started as a DJ actually uh, late two thousands, and before that, I was frequenting the clubs in our area. I would say most of the decade. I started clubbing, what, 98? You know, we had a club, an alternative nightclub, suburb of Boston that I was always pulling up to back then. And then we have the famous Lansdowne Street strip of nightclubs of that era, which is now taken over by a giant house of blues that they've built since. But back then, Black Star, I'll tell you, it was clubs like Avalon. It was Axis. It was Embassy. Oh, Bill's Bar, you know, the whole strip. And yeah, man, you know, okay. there was definitely some Baltimore club heads that pulled up and you would hear some of that sound on occasion in our venues. It wasn't often. It won't front. You know, you mm-hmm. didn't hear Baltimore club sounds often in our area, but there would be once in a while a mix master who would pull up to the ones and twos and, you know, knew the vibe, knew the shit and would share that Baltimore vibe with us. So once in a while, it would come out. You know, generally people around here, you know, if we had, say, a local that knew his or her shit or their shit, you know, they would sometimes drop New York on us or L.A. on us or the European sounds, U.K. sounds and that kind of thing. But once in a while, that Baltimore vibe would creep into the set, you know, and whenever I'm, you heard I'm, I'm, it. I'm trying to see. I, I remember I did a... Uh a short run DJ tour with Diplo one time. And I think we stopped in Boston, if I'm not mistaken. I forgot to bang you, but I'm going to look into it and like get back to you with it. I'm pretty sure we did something in Boston, like mid, like 2008-ish, something like that. Please do. I would love to hear about what venue you were at. Yeah. Um, yeah. I now regret but that, um, not being there. Oh, good. Oh, flow, well, flow. I, that inspired me how to approach the question you asked earlier. So <clears throat> I'm going to revisit it. So, you know, back in the day, it was clubs like Paradox, Hammer Jacks, the big, you know, the big, like, city clubs. Like, every everybody in the city would come up with it, this club. So um, K-Swift would throw, like, high school parties. And every, what, well, holiday or something when school was out, and it would just be, like, thousands and thousands of, like, kids and stuff, right? So... Before I actually knew K-Swift, I got my name for, like, DJing in the city and making my tracks and uh, renting out halls and, like, rec centers and throwing my own parties, like, every weekend in the midst of, like, I I say in between the times, in between the holiday events, you know what I'm saying? So every weekend you will hear about a Black Star party somewhere random in the city. and it would just be hundreds and hundreds of kids in the different areas and stuff. Shout out my uh my partner back in the day, uh Pinky. She uh she owns Slutty Vegan now. Like, you know. Right. Pinky from Slutty Vegan, you heard of her? I have, yes. Uh yeah, back in the day we was the ones doing the parties like all over the city, like 
before Crazy. we was actually like renting out the clubs. Damn. You know? Wow. It's dope shit, man. You know, again, that's something I wish I could have participated in in the day. You know, that it was a it was a magical era. It was like, you know, some of the stories I could share. It it almost sound like a Peter Pan story or something. Like you know what I'm saying? All the great clubs, you know, give that vibe. In hindsight, you know how many folks from the old Studio Fifty Four in New York City who survived that crazy party tell the stories today like it's Peter Pan. You know, I mean, yeah, it's crazy how. When you look back on those days of the height of the nightlife industry and your time DJing or throwing the party or pulling up to the party and being on the dance floor, you know, and Mm -hmm. when you look back on it today, you know, it really does feel like, you know, a grand illusion, like a Peter Pan type situation or lituation in this case that you simply cannot create, recreate today mm-hmm. you know because the world is in a different state than it was just even a few years ago you know i mean it's almost impossible to go back and recreate that not that you would want to because you got to leave the memories alone mm-hmm. you know but yeah it's wild man you it was just, you nailed it peter pan you nailed it uh-huh and, and with that analogy like to expand a bit on a bit more on it just thinking about the characters back then right not characters, but like uh, the producers back then. Before I was actually producing, or I started producing, I was DJing, and then I started producing when my homeboy gave me his his old MPC. Shout out to Marco to Don. Uh, he he a reggae artist now, like over in Jamaica. You can look him up. Super dope. Nice. Um. So back in the day, he gave me his old MPC when he was about to upgrade. So the screen was broke. So I learned how to make beats on a MPC with a broken screen. So it was almost like I was doing it blindly. And um, so that was that was something special about that. Um, I never got the screen fixed because it was something magical about my flow and the way I was doing it. And yeah, I think it just worked. It just worked like hand in hand for, for like bringing out the elements I needed at the time. But all right, so <clears throat> the producers back then as I reflect, I look at it, it's almost like we were almost like sorcerers in a way. Like, you know what I'm saying? Everybody had their own uh sound, but it was it was it was Baltimore Club, but it was like a different approach to everyone. Right. Had, like you had Rod Lee, he had like more of a uh, a simple, colorful sound. Um, I say techniques. He had more like a a shaky sound, like make you want to, you know, he, he used more like uh, shakers and stuff in his tracks. Um, like Scotty B, I remember him. His his joints was just like hard hitting and just like easy, repetitive, and simple, like as well. Like, you know what I'm saying? So those are the ones that like inspired me to start making tracks. Jimmy Jones, Bullman. Yeah. I hear that. Some dope names right there. Some, you know, amazing talents that you've named right there. You know, actually, speaking of amazing talents, before we go into our first track to be heard here on the Chop Session this evening, 
What was your favorite record growing up, and what does it say about Black Star today? Oh, wow. So, um, first song that just came to my head, I don't, I don't know if this inspired my sound or anything, but the first song that came to my head was a song that my mother used to play, like, Saturday mornings when she was cleaning up. Like, and uh, it wasn't Layla Hathaway that came to my head. It was Patty LaBelle. Somebody loves you, baby. Oh, man. Throwing it back. Oh, oh, oh. Somebody loves you, baby. All right. So that song right there, um, just knowing that somebody loves me gives me the drive when I'm in my creative zone. Like, you know what I'm saying? I do. Because it felt like that's, that's, that's more of a push for me to push through and pull through those elements and complete that production or that or create that thing that you know that i'm compelled that come through me well i'll tell you what y'all there is a lot to unpack here this week on the chop session with black star more to come in a few and speaking of the creations of black star here is his most recent drop on dsps the single is called All Investments. New Black Star here on the Chop Session. I am the indefinable Sterling Golden. This is Boston Free Radio. We are back in a few. Yeah. Falling proceeds straight, they bless you. All investments, new Black Star. You can run that one up on DSPs. It was recently featured on the Sterling Collection playlist over on Spotify. Go follow yeah. us now if you're not already. And we have Black Star on the line this week here on the Chop Session. Now, Black Star, we talked a little bit about your early 
days in the Baltimore club scene and music that influenced you. And now we're going to get to a point in your career where a lot of folks can point to this as their entry point to discovering the work of Blackstar. And that is your work with the great MIA. Y'all first connected back in 2005. And from there, your working relationship, you know, would span over a decade from the Kala album, the iconic second album of MIA up to AIM in 2016. So tell us about what it's like from your perspective, Blackstar, to work with MIA. Oh, man. So uh, let's see. Working with MIA. Power, power. I learned a lot. It was, it was, it was fun. Like uh, speaking of the Kala album, what I got came to mind because that was one of the first tracks that we uh, – that we made together. Like, uh, I remember we were just going through some songs just for like inspiration. Right. And I think she mentioned red hot chili peppers. Oh, asked me what I was, I familiar with them. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm a, uh, you know, I, I fuck with them. Yeah. So, so yeah, we both started singing it. Uh, give it away, give it away, give it away. You know, give it. I was just thinking about this song the other day. Right. Because yeah. I stopped by a bar and they started playing Red Hot Chili Peppers. And I thought about uh, one of the first sessions that me and Maya had and how that song inspired what I got. I got, you know, that was my actually one of my uh, favorites off of the Kala joint. My first copy of it was the Japanese edition. And what I got, I didn't know was a bonus on that, but Blackstar, y'all killed that one. For real. One of my Good favorites. Look. One of my favorites to this yeah. day from MIA's catalog of music. It'll be times where she'll, she'll feel a certain inspiration. And, and, uh, she'd actually book a session somewhere where she felt like that inspired sound would like be like created. Like, I mean, you know, what would inspire the sound to be created, you know? So say for instance, uh, she wanted like a, a rugged type feel, an island type feel. So she decided to book a studio in Jamaica and we spent like probably like, like a month in Jamaica, like working on a project and just inspired by the environment just to fill out and and to bring from that, you know, the environment and put it into the sound, you know? I do. That was a beautiful way to work. I I do that now. So I'll, I'll just go different places and create. Yes. You know, just to pull out like that, those different elements from the environments, new environments and things. Yeah, the Kala album 
actually was recorded all over the world. And this was because MIA could not book a studio in the United States for uh, legal reasons that were plaguing her trajectory during that era of her career. And then eventually, uh, Blackstar and MIA would work on other projects. I, you would remix the song XXXO in 2010 off the Maya album. You remixed Birdsong off of AIM in 2016. So, you know, for a lot of folks, uh, Blackstar and MIA are names that are synonymous with each other. Hey. Yes, sir. And speaking of names that you're synonymous with, last season on the Chop Session, I had another dope uh, Baltimore talent by the name of Rai Rai on the show. And we discussed mm-hmm. how she left a verse on your voicemail, which got things rolling for that creative relationship. And I would love to hear more about this story from your side and what it's like to work with Rai Rai. The parties I mentioned earlier, right? Uh, how we used to rent out like halls and wrecks and different venues around the city, right? Early 2000s, pretty much all the 2000s, you know, until I started touring with uh, Diplo and MIA. So before then, I would have like my flyers and a hotline number on there for people who had questions about the parties. So I remember... I think I had a party that I was promoting one time and somebody left a message <laughs> and I ain't uh, listened <laughs> to it because the voice sounded so young. And I, yeah, Black Star, I, was, I wanted you to hit and then I moved to the next one. And then like two days later, I got another message from the same voice. So I decided to go back and compare and listen to both of them. So when I listened, they were like two raps, right? And I was like, damn, these... You know, this little voice rock, you know, though, right? And I think that that was one angle that she, you know, pretty much caught my attention. And then I think I was yeah. talking to somebody at the time, and I found out they was related. And she was telling me about her little sister, right? Or little cousin. Right. And uh, long story short, from there, I think I told my brother about her. <clears throat> And then, um, you know, Ben's that she was so young, he had to, uh, like, meet our mother. Like, we had to talk to our mother about, like, certain things and just get our approval about working with her and everything. The magic just happened. Like, working with Rara was, uh, was such a, like, beautiful flow because I'll be in the studio making a beat. The same time I'm making a beat, she ain't even hitting the beat because the beat not together, but she'll just get right. like a little whiff of it. And I'll turn around, I see it just writing away. And then by the time I'm done the beat, she'll be done the rap. She got like a full page or probably two full pages of like words, right? And, uh, so I lay the beat, then she'll just be ready with it, like just knock out the song from what she was writing the same time I was making a beat. Right. Shake It to the Ground was actually created from one of the songs that we recorded in our first session. I think the song was actually, um, it was a hip-hop song. I think the tempo was like 90 BPM. I forgot exactly how the melody went, but I knew it was a verse in the song when she was talking about her boyfriend or something. So I think the... uh, 
the theme of the song was like she riding for her her man or whatever. It was like if I if I something got beef, she gonna pop with it. It did she gonna rock with it, lean with it, pop with it, things in the top. And it was something in the verse that she was talking about right. fighting or something, right? So she mm-hmm. was like, uh, yeah, for something, 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 I'ma shake it to the ground, bring it back up, and something, 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 something. So I cut that and then just cut it up and put it to a, a empty 808 and just created Shake It to the Ground from a verse from another song that she had wrote prior. Like, you know? Yes. So, yeah. Now today, Rai Rai is one of the most sampled voices in hip hop. And I wish those folks would give her proper credit, you know, for like, exactly. those samples. But, uh, you know, those who do give her credit, big shout to them. You know, the ones who don't, what the fuck? You know, give Rai mm-hmm. Rai you know, her love, you know, give her her credit. Mm-hmm. That was... It's definitely, it's, de- it's definitely coming. Yeah, like what? Her, her, her. What? That that sample right there. You know, hey. Big love to Rai Rai, man. So how influential, in your opinion, Blackstar, is the Baltimore sound on today's music? Today's music, I would say, uh, I would say very influential. Even if you were to look at like the uh, the new drill sound that a lot of New York rappers rapping to, or a lot of rappers probably rapping to, right? Right. Although it's a UK sound, it, could, it go hand yeah. in hand. With, they, they very much do, yeah. With Baltimore Club, like you know, and it was relative because. Like earlier, like er, like two thousand seven ish, and my brother used to listen to like, you know, put me down with like, you know, UK artists and stuff to listen to. Yeah. So I was I was already into like, uh, you know, blending the two, like you know what I'm saying. There's a song called Top Tier. I recently released. Coming up next here on the show, yeah. That's pretty much the blend of that, like you know, the mm-hmm. drill. Something being drilled out and being clubbed out. One. Yes, sir. You know, I mean, when you hear the Baltimore sound and you listen to what's out there today, yeah, man, definitely a lot of it that you can dig up out there in today's music, you know, a lot of it is giving Baltimore. And that's a testament to the work that you put in, Black Star, your contemporaries. Artists like Rai Rai, artists like MIA who brought that, you know, to a more mainstream forefront in that era. And, you know, you should be definitely feeling proud, man, you know, of the influence that artists like yourself have had on what's out there today, for real. Definitely. I was just uh, recognized in my city for my influence on the uh, music scene here, and they gave me like an award. It was recently, like, um, what date was it? September third, actually. Good shit. Uh, Baltimore by Baltimore was the uh, was the corporation that granted me the award. So that was that was pretty fulfilling. Could imagine, man. You know, big congratulations on that honor, by the thank way. Thank you, thank you. Yes, sir. And more to come here on the Chop Session this hour about Black Star and discussion on his more recent works and more about this brand new short film out this Friday called Fanatic. We'll have more about that 
in our next segment. But right now, as mentioned, here is Black Star with Top Tier. Top tier vibe on this one, y'all, for real. This is the Chop Session. I am the indefinable Sterling Golden. This is Boston Free Radio. Morth Black Star in a few. Eh, 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 eh. Your wing times Black Star. You dig? Uh, uh. It's a year wing. I'm in Baltimore, I'm in LA, I'm in Dubai At the same time, I'm in the Matrix, up in the clouds I'm in UK, I'm in Baltimore, I'm in LA, I'm in Dubai At the same time, I'm in the Matrix, up in the clouds I'm in UK, Baltimore, LA, Dubai 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 Just in case you were wondering, the blonde is Balenciaga so different that my cousin is Lady fucking Gaga Baby Wang with the Zaza Wild Wild Lames don't get it high tech International type figures Me Don't forget who had you sliding to the left Me I pull up Balenciaga In a gold me She want the Rolls Royce I told her the stars after the black is black star Baby get a bag I'm in UK, I'm in Baltimore, I'm in LA, I'm in Dubai. At the same time, I'm in the Matrix, up in the clouds. I'm in UK, I'm in Baltimore, I'm in LA, I'm in Dubai. At the same time, I'm in the Matrix, up in the clouds. I'm in UK, I'm in Baltimore, 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 I'm in LA, I'm in Dubai. At the same time, I'm in the Matrix, up in the clouds. Puffin' on Zaza, he like my cha cha. La la la, left to the bank. Ha 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 ha, fuck low vibes. I don't speak that. Top tier, we up high. And that is just facts. Have fun, good sex, no stress, big checks. Live life, be your best. Rooftops and private locations. This life chose me when I was eight with my first trophy. I'm in UK, Baltimore, that way. I'm in LA, I'm in Dubai. At the same time, I'm in the Matrix, up in the clouds. Puffin' on Zaza, he like my cha-cha, I feel like la-la, left to the bait, ha-ha-ha-ha. Don't forget who had you sliding to the left, me. I pull up Balenciaga in a gold me. She want the Rolls Royce, I told her the stars after the black is black star, baby, get a bag. By the way, y'all, next week here on The Chop Session, we're talking with one of the dopest young hip-hop artists mm-hmm. we have here in New England, she is Red Shades, and she's with us here in the studio next Monday, 6 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time, here on Boston Free Radio, talking about her work as an event curator, her recent single, Big Booty, and so much more with Red Shades next Monday, 6 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time, here on Boston Free Radio. Now, more with Black Star. You just heard Top Tier. Now, I will say this, Black Star, since another favorite of mine dropped in 2014, The Black Files, you've been consistent with dropping new music. We've heard some examples of this new music during this show, and you recently dropped the album Black to the Basics as well. So I want to know, what keeps Black Star inspired creatively? Uh, what keeps me inspired creatively is pretty much... I'm. I'm inspired by everything, like, you know, my upbringing, 
you know, my parents allowed me to artistically express myself and gave me the platform to do that at an early age by even giving me my first turntable set and allowing me to, like, just get into it, like, you know? And that right there is something that became, like, first nature to me. Like, you know, I'm, I'm used to being in that mold that I built in my mother's basement, just in that DJing and being in my zone, you know, so that that elevated and evolved into me being a producer. I did the same thing, getting the zone when I'm making songs and like in my element, creating beats and stuff like you know that same zone I was in in my mother's basement. Like, you know. I do, I do. And what is Black Star listening to these days? Uh, these days, outside of the new creations I'm making, like every other day, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I'm listening to AD by this artist named Yammer Wang. Yes, who sir. I just recently uh, dropped the EP with AD. The beat just gave me like uh, all my childhood favorite movies in the '80s, mixed with like. I feel like I made the beat, but I ain't mean to beat on that one. But yeah. you know, you mentioned uh, just now childhood favorite movies of the nineteen eighties. I think we can relate on this one, Black Star, because I got a few of my own. Uh, hey. we're, we're because after all, before Black Star, there was a young kid named Jamal out in Baltimore who was checking out these movies, yeah, yeah. and I would love to hear. What some of your favorite movies of the 1980s were growing up? Because uh, I can definitely relate on this one. Okay, you, you, you. I'm, I'm gonna give you one. That was my main favorite one back then. Go for it. One of my main favorite ones. Garbage Pail Kids. Omg. The movie that you, you, you familiar with that? I am. I remember the kids in my grade school classes having the stickers and they were all over their desks and shit. And yeah, I remember garbage pail kids. Well, and I vaguely recall the movie. I will keep it a hundred. I got a vague recollection of that movie. Okay. So the movie is, it wasn't a cartoon. This was before the cartoon. This, this is like, they were almost like Muppets or something. No, they weren't even Muppets. They were some type of creatures like, and there were creatures for sure. Yeah, I suggest I suggest you see the the movie. It's Garbage Pail Kids, the actual movie, like back in the eighties. I don't remember the detail. I'm gonna revisit it and find it. But that movie right there, I, I think I watched it every day almost. I gotta uh, stream this thing now because I've never seen it. Only <laughs> vaguely knew that it existed, but I've never seen it. Yeah. Uh, what's another one? Uh, the Lost Boys. Oh yeah, that was a that was a film that I watched a lot. Yeah, The Lost Boys. I I think the element of that kind of sort of stuck stuck with me like throughout life. I yeah. probably got revisit the film before I I, I say anything like show enough. I'm gonna revisit the film, but I just remember like how the Lost Boys just like stood out. For one, I think they were vampires or something, right? I believe that's what it was, yeah. 
yeah, but one of them, I think, fell in love with a human or something like that and was almost wanting to be a human. And I think the balance in that is almost just like, you know, being a producer and then, you know, trying to be a regular person. Yeah, some of my favorite uh, 1980s films, my God, I mean, Wild Style was one. Oh, the hip-hop joint? Oh, my God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, wild style. Breaking in a, mm, breaking breaking two electric boogaloo, which uh, everyone still pokes fun at to this day. That title, and uh, but yeah, wild style was a big one for me because uh, you know during my youth, I was first exposed to hip hop through MTV, which ironically was first not you know broadcasting hip hop videos. And then they finally started. It was around, just rock videos. That's right. Rock and new wave and pop videos. It was around 86 when I began to see hip hop videos pop up on MTV. And then by the end of the decade, yeah, yo MTV raps. But, you know, Wild Style was a big one on me, you know, showing off that culture in the film, you know, and other movies I loved in that decade. Oh my God, man. I mean, Runaway is an underrated sci-fi film from 84 with uh, Tom Selleck and Gene Simmons playing the villain, Dr. Luther. Hegel one, Hegel one. Yes. You remember, uh, you remember Never Ending Story? I do, yes. Hey, that was, that was one of my favorite ones right there. That one, and of course The Princess Bride comes to mind too, if you're mentioning Never Ending Story from 88, a Rob Reiner film. Um, yeah, I don't remember that that one was pretty dope. Uh, it's a cult film from the late eighties. If you ever see it on streaming, check it out. Princess Bride is one of the best of the late part of the decade. And then, uh, here's one. Here's a deep cut for you. No holds barred. Hey, who was that? That was, uh, Sylvester Stallone. No, that, no, that was, that was uh, nope. That was Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. That was one of my, uh, that was one of my favorite, uh, Wrestling dudes. When I was in the wrestling, real heavy. I think everybody. Used to be a I think everybody in the eighties was heavy into the whole wrestling vibe, especially during the Hulkamania peak of the eighties. You know, and back when it was the rock and wrestling connection, and uh, you know, Hulk was like the most recognizable athlete in North America during that time. You know, and the opposite. In that film, No Holds Barred was Tiny Lister, who, of course, is best known. Oh, yeah, yeah, Debo yeah, 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 in Friday. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he was Zeus. I remember that. Oh, my God. I mean, I love No Holds Barred for what it is. I saw it the opening night with my dad, you know, because I, like Black Star, growing up was a Hulkamaniac. In fact, Sterling Golden was a name Hulk Hogan used early in his career. <laughs> oh, my God, man. You're taking me back. Okay, so... One more for you. Back to Blackstar here. Do you think Blackstar gets due credit for the influence he's had? I think Blackstar gets due credit for the influence I had in my in my in my city. Recently, I just got an award uh, at this Baltimore by Baltimore uh, event, but I feel like my story not over to as though the influence 
from all that I learned and all that I'm applying here on out, my influence about to shop the world and just like magnetizing this right place. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I do feel like I do feel like I I I am recognized for my input. And I feel like it's more to come. Like so much more to come. That's definitely the vibe, man. You know, you gotta look at it like, mm-hmm. you know, your story is just beginning, even with everything you've done so far. You know, it's only been mm-hmm. the first, what, almost twenty years, the first twenty. You know. That's yeah. chapter mm-hmm. one. And it's like my work ethic now is just so much easier. Like somebody just meeting me, they'll probably just see how fast I could make a song, how fast I could do a film. And all this is the magic that generated over the years and the decades I've been working on my craft and working with so many people and, you know what I'm saying, influencing and being influenced from from higher, you know, from higher and everything. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I do. I'm excited for what's to come, you know. I am as well, man. You've had some dope music on DSPs this year. Uh, as I mentioned earlier on, we had all investments on the Sterling Collection playlist on Spotify a short time this back. This is my life. Hey. Yes, sir. And more to come from Blackstar. And, of course, as mentioned at the top of the show, new short film that Blackstar has brought to life is titled Fanatic. Drops this coming Friday on Blackstar's birthday you want to gift the man, gift him by checking out Fanatic. And actually, what more can you tell us about Fanatic before we check it out this Friday? You mentioned already your hand in making it happen, but uh, what more mm-hmm. can you tell us? Instead of a C, it's a Q. So it's spelled F-A-N-A-T-I-Q, Fanatic. And there you go, y'all. You know, check it out this Friday. Fanatic, the new film as brought to life by Blackstar. This is a Blackstar joint, yo. So hey. it's his birthday this Friday. So definitely commemorate by checking out Fanatic. And how can folks find Blackstar on social media? At Blackstar, B L A Q S T A R R R on Instagram. Facebook. Um, I'm not on Twitter. I think somebody hacked my Twitter account, but I'm going to get that straight. But it was at Blackstone on Twitter as well. Yes. Yes, I believe somebody did. And uh, definitely, if you can make Twitter come to life again for yourself, uh, do so. Because I noticed just recently, actually, that it's been inactive and now we know why. So that being said, Blackstar, we appreciate you pulling up to our line from Baltimore this week we're on the chop session to discuss your career to date and in advance my man big salute and happy birthday thank you thank you Sterling thank you sir and we look forward to checking out Fanatic this Friday and more music to come from let's get it you already know here's another one for y'all Rider Girl from Blackstar here on the chop session and more in a few about next week's show Keep it locked right here. This is Boston Free Radio. I am the indefinable Sterling Golden, and this, you already know, is the Chop Session. My Roger girl, yes you are. Yeah. My 
to say happy birthday in advance to Blackstar. His birthday is this Friday. By having Blackstar on the line to discuss his great career to date here on The Chop Session. So once again, big love and thank yous to Blackstar and happy birthday in advance. It is this coming Friday. And by the way, on Friday, Blackstar's short film, Fanatic, drops. So get details on that at the link in Blackstar's Instagram bio at bl. A-Q-S-T-A-R-R. Check out more right there. The link in his bio about Fanatic. And speaking of more, y'all, next week here on The Chop Session, your man, the indefinable Sterling Golden, sits down with Red Shades, one of the brightest talents in young New England hip-hop, doing it big right now as an event curator, recording artist, and more. More on Red Shades in our conversation next week here on The Chop Session, 6 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time on Boston Free Radio. If you've ever slept on a Chop Session conversation or happened to lock in late for a premiere here on Boston Free Radio, say less, y'all. We got you. You can stream episodes from seasons one through four on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and other fine DSPs. Did I say four? I meant seasons one through five, y'all. This is our fifth season. Anyway, you can find The Chop Session on social media at Chop Session Show on Instagram and at The Chop Session on Twitter. 
And of course, you can find your man Sterling Golden on social media as well at DJ Sterling Golden on Instagram, on Twitter at DJ Sterling Golden with one G, could not fit two in the handle, too many characters, and on TikTok at DJ Sterling Golden. Right now, y'all, one more from Blackstar to close things out for this week. This one's called Get My Gun. Once again, happy birthday in advance to Blackstar. This is the Chop Session, y'all. I am the indefinable Sterling Golden, and I say stop. You keep on fucking around, I'm gonna go get my gun. You keep on fucking around, I'm gonna go get my gun. My gun. Oh, my God.